And welcome back, everyone. I'm Mike with the Turntable Teachers. Class is officially back in session, and we are here for another classic album review with our good friend Odins. Odins, thank you so much for joining us yet again. How are you today, my man? Feeling great. Thank you for having me. Oh, oh, dude, you're you're a regular now. It's you don't even have to. You know, <laughs> you're, just, you're here. Oh yeah. I thank you for taking all the time and, and you know being with us. Uh, if you guys want to go check out, if you haven't yet, definitely go check out the first two album reviews that we've done. We have more coming as well, so not to not to spoil too much yet. We're not going to tell you. We'll, maybe we'll maybe we'll tease what, what the next album will be at the uh, at the end of this yeah. one. But uh, if you haven't seen them yet, make sure you go back and rewatch the Jesus Is King review we did for Kanye West's uh, latest project uh, that was out a lot back end of 2019. And then we did a classic album review just recently with Kid Cudi's Men on the Moon. Those are out on our podcast streaming services and YouTube. And today we are back to talk some Frank Ocean. We're going to do another classic album review on Blonde, his critically acclaimed, uh, I guess, technically third studio album because I guess Nostalgia Ultra, I, I think they're calling it a, either a, a studio mm. album. Or, I don't think so. I think it's just a mixtape because you, you can only get it on Bandcamp. Oh, okay. All right. So then it probably was right. This is his yeah. studio album, technically. Okay. No, I think it's his third. Cause Endless. Oh, okay. So Endless would count too. All right. Well, I mean, yeah, I think Endless does count. Okay. Yeah, we, yeah, we'll count that too then. Either way. All right. So his third or maybe even fourth then. Yeah. Call it that. Uh, so what? What kind of is your background with Frank Ocean? Like, what? When did you first get into Frank? Uh, uh-huh. So when I first got into Frank, um, like high school. So the first track I heard was "She," with oh. um, Ty, Tyler Crater and Frank Ocean, and then I was like, "Oh, this Frank guy. Let me just go listen to his music." And I think at that time, um, Nostalgia Ultra dropped, but I never listened to the to the whole album. I only listened to "There Will Be Tears" and Novocaine. And I played Novocaine over and over and over and over and over again. I, I just I was just so in love with that track. I just liked the way he like told the story and like the duality in, in the music and like the stripper who wants to become a dentist and the whole Novocaine and all that. So for me, it was dope just getting um, into him like that. But uh, so yeah, like that's how I got um, introduced to him. And then Channel Orange dropped and I, everything is history, man. Everything is history. Cause that right there is a classic album. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. We'll leave it at that. At the end, we'll, uh, well, it'll be a question for the end, which, which we prefer, because that is like a heavy debate, like which is better, Chen Orange or Blonde. So I definitely want to, True. after we review the, the album, I definitely want to uh, have that to conversation as well. Oh, yeah. and the album is better per se, or, for or sure. favorite out of the two. Uh, same with you, man. I, I came across him early in my high school days. Uh, the first song I also heard was Novocaine. And I loved it for all the reasons that you already stated. And then the other song I liked to offer that album that I found right after that was Swim Good. Those were the two that like I bumped heavy. Those two were my, yeah, yeah. Those are, those are my shit. So, and then obviously, like you said, Channel Orange comes out and the rest is history. Like I've, I was kind of been a fan of him and his from the start as well. 
Um, and, and I'm with you as, as well in terms of like the storytelling, because I'm glad you brought up a song like she, which has a, has a story in itself too. And Frank is so good. I think at it, it, it's funny because he's so good at like telling a story, but also using so many metaphors to the point, like it's almost hard to keep up at points. Yeah. Like his music is almost kind of like, it has like this esoteric kind of feeling to it. Like, only a select few of people will really understand what he's saying because of just how dense he is with, with the storytelling and just the subject matter. Mm-hmm. I don't know, just the way he delivers his stories, you really got to listen to the music at least seven times <laughs> before you can really get it. But Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I, I really think he's one of the most unique artists of our generation, just in terms Easily. of person, right? Like, I mean, I, he's often been cited as like an, an enigma in a sense, like, and, and that really fits. Like, we don't really have a lot of Frank Ocean interviews. There's not a lot about his personal life. I mean, there's a lot of things that we can definitely dive in on this album that he kind of references in, in terms of these things. But yeah, he really made a start with uh, Odd Future and he's from Long, Long Beach, California. Uh, and, and yeah, man, he obviously Channel Orange critically acclaimed, Blonde, very much the same. And I can't wait to jump into this review. We're going to do a nice track by track uh, review of Blonde at, at, at this point. And the opening song, which for, my, for me personally, one of the most interesting songs and often honestly polarizing songs, I think of the decade. And even for me, which was Nike's, um, even for me personally, I was a little unsure of it at first, but I wanted to ask mm-hmm. you that. Have you ever heard of the version uh, of this song without the high-pitched vocals in the first couple of minutes? Have you heard no, that? I've never heard that version. So go back and listen to that version. I don't, wanna, I don't want to uh, bias you in any way, shape, or form, but what was really in- interesting for me at the start uh, of, of listening to that song was the vocal sample. I almost couldn't get down with it at first. And, but then it definitely has grown on me uh, since obviously the release. Like that was one of the songs where I was, I was a little unsure of at first, but then as time has progressed, I've, I've grown to really, really love it. And, and the high pitched vocal, you know, with the auto tune that he uses in the, in the first cup, in the first half of the, of, the, of the song. And then I went back and listened to the, like, I think like the real version or the, the original version without all the high pitched vocals comes out. I was very curious. I was like, Oh, I can't wait to hear this. Cause I've always died to know like what it would sound like. And for me personally, dude, I actually prefer the high pitched vocal uh, that he uses instead of just him regularly pitching it, which is, which oh, is, wow. yeah. Cause I never would have expected that I would. Um, but yeah, so right off the bat, very interesting. I think he, him and ASAP Rocky are two artists that do the pitch control and pitch, you know, different, the varying of the vo- mm-hmm. of pitch vocals. They do that better in, than most art rap artists do, just in my opinion. Yeah, I think they do it. They do it um, pretty well. Um, I think someone else that does it exceptionally well is Kendrick Lamar, sir. You're right, Kendrick Lamar <laughs> very well. Yeah. Kendrick Lamar does it very well. But um, I was just gonna. I had a question here. So when artists are using that high pitched vocal sample, what do you think it's supposed to represent? Like, what do you think it represents on this track? For me, I almost see it as like a not not a childish thing but like uh again i hate to use the word childish that's like the wrong word but i i I almost see it as like this maybe more innocent right like Ah. 
and kind of what he's talking about in this opening of the song, you know, really like, uh, you know, considering the fact that he's having a hard time kind of, you know, uh, figuring out fame. I mean, he, he talks about a lot of different things on the song, just this one song. He talks about like materialism, yeah. uh, struggling to live with his fame. He's, you know, he talks about his sexuality. Like there's a lot of things that he, he, he dives into, like a lot of like deep material, but it comes off in the first half very innocent and unsure almost right and and, and then when he comes back in, in the second half of the song and he has you know his actual like pitch like his correctly pitched vocals it sounds so much more mature and like confident i guess is, is the word i would use so that's really kind of how i took it i would be interested to see how you how do you how did you take the high-pitched vocals on this song in particular just based on like my experience with hearing these different vocal pitches, they usually kind of represent like um, like someone's like subconscious, like something that they want to explore, but they're not like comfortable exploring it within the person that they are. So they kind of use a different persona to go about it. You know what I mean? And I think that's what he's doing on here. Like, like you said, he's kind of tackling a lot of things that, that he's not familiar with. So I think he does use that that vocal pitch to address these things and kind of give them some sort of like stepping stone before he can really like step into it and express himself, express it genuinely the way he knows best, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think with the instrumental really pairs nicely with a lot of the lyricism and that's, and that's something that Frank Ocean has done so mm -hmm. well throughout his career. Oh yeah. Finding music that pairs so well with the mood that he's trying to convey to the audience. He does that maybe better than a lot of artists. Yeah. In generation and you know i just love the slow very melodic almost psychedelic blues pop uh you know instrumental that he uses here and you know i just i think he he really shows off some vocal range as well at the end too he's like in a gorgeous falsetto at, at the very mm -hmm. end and then on that second verse you know uh he even like raps sings most of the of the final verse which he does often in, on this album and has done you know in his music a lot yeah I thought it was like a super dynamic opening. Definitely a song that takes you a, a little bit to get used to if you haven't like, if you're not as familiar with, you know, those types of choices in, in a song. But one that like, when I go back to today, you know, or like recently in preparation for this episode, I was like, oh, this is, this is so good. <laughs> like, yeah. it's, it's no, I feel you. Um, Like you mentioned before, he's kind of, um, he's like, um, you like no one really knows what's going on with him he's like hidden majority of the time so that elusive and like mysterious nature definitely you can hear that on this track for sure um one thing i definitely um i know i don't normally like it when artists kind of like date their music because he talks about um rip r.i.p trayvon that nigga that nigga look just like me usually when artists do that kind of like puts a date on the music. That's one of the reasons why I didn't like, um, not didn't like Dan, but that's one of the critiques that I have of Dan because it came out during this like super tumultuous time. You know what I mean? So I feel like it was kind of rushed to address that time. On this song, I feel like it, um, because of how timeless Frank Ocean's music is, it's like a timeless moment. It's like embedded in our memory. You know what I mean? And the way that he does it on here, he does it, he does it so well. And I also like the fact that um, he mentions, well, well, uh, let you guys prophecy. I think that's just um, 
because during the time before this album came out, people were trying to figure out like, yo, what is Frank Ocean gonna do? What is he gonna do? Blah blah. He drops Endless. People thought that was the album, and then he was like, nope, here's Blonde. So not only did he finesse Def Jam, but he also like got the journalist like mind just completely out of whack because he like everyone was too busy trying to like figure out his next moves, but no one anticipated this move. Right. No, absolutely. And you, and you see like, you see that and just how he starts off the, 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 uh, the, the album. You're like, because I remember, I remember the very first time I heard this album, I played the song and I'm like, I was confused at first. And then it, the, that vocal, like I said, I keep going back to that, that pitch the, that mm-hmm. he uses in the vocal. It goes on for like two and a half minutes. I mean, people like ASAP Rocky and Kendrick that have used it, they've used it very sparingly and intermittently. Yeah. You're saying to almost show a duality between like a subconscious and you know their their real selves that they want to portray, and the conscious that decide that they they, you know, should portray but but can't for some reason or don't want to, or like kind of you could look at it from my perspective as well. Like you know the obviously like the innocence compared to you know being someone that's aged and understands and has mm-hmm. you know and 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 has seen a thing or two, right? Yeah. So it's really interesting to see that. But you're you're right, like. Everyone at the time, because, you know, Channel Orange was so critically acclaimed and Frank is one of those people, even kind of even so still since Blonde, he releases that album. And then just as quickly as he comes back, he's gone again, you know, and people were really wondering what he was going to do next. And so it was cool that he was able to keep people on their toes. And, and this was, I think, a perfect way to, to kind of show that, you know. Oh, yeah. yeah. So and then, the, and then the, the album goes right into Ivy which is definitely a different sounding aesthetic. It definitely still has that more now it's more almost psychedelic rock versus the psychedelic mm-hmm. with, the, with the washed out electric guitar chords. Um, but they pair really nicely, in my opinion, with Frank's vocals. And, and the, it's funny because this is what I mean when, when he talks about like, you know, when I talk about him exerting some kind of mood into the audience, really the verses of this song when he's singing, I don't know if you noticed this or picked up on this, but they're very tonal and very melancholy in his expression. It almost feels like he's in like some kind of state of shock or like he's ashamed of something. And, and really like the, you know, obviously the theme of the song is really kind of young and being in love and like making mistakes and things like that. Yeah. Um, but then he mixes some more like passionate vocals in the hook intermittently. So it kind of it really gives you that like emotional roller coaster a bit. Um, maybe he's kind of realizing what he's done in the hook and he's like, Oh, like, I thought you was dreaming when you said you love me. Like, I, th- mm-hmm. I, I didn't realize that was even real life. Like, yeah. my bad. Like, I, I have just kind of come to finally. And then in the verses, he's kind of just sulking and melancholy. And just, exactly. You know I mean? So I loved that a ton. And, and this is, again, I, a really strong start on this album. I did say that it was, uh, it, it was, it was like a very gloomy kind of mood, um, especially given the lyrics. It's all about like a failed relationship, essentially, you know, and like I like he said, I thought that I was dreaming when you said you love me. I had no chance to pre- to prepare. I couldn't see you coming. You know what I'm saying? So like in terms of really like playing with like the listener's emotions, he he does it exceptionally well. And at the end, like the end solidifies everything that we heard because he just goes into like the state of rage mm-hmm. because of the failed relationship, essentially. So Yes, that is a really very poignant, but also, again, that's, that's why I love when artists that use the, the, the pitch vocals to show different emotions and things like that. Like you totally get like the, 
the kid having a temper tantrum type deal at the very end of that, like a huge frustrational mm-hmm. moment that he's had, you know, at the back end of this song. Love that addition as well. It gives it the whole, the song, just a whole different kind of uh, layer to it that it didn't definitely. Um, there's been other artists that have done this. Like you know, Tyler Creator, I think does it, does it really well on like a song like New Magic Wand. Mm-hmm. Uh, to kind of go off of Igor when he has that, that last verse where he's just like screaming. He's just so pissed off. He's just like, you, I can't believe that, that you, you found somebody else. Like I thought I'd be, I thought I'd be okay with this. I yeah. thought I'd be this moment. I'm not. And, and Frank, I think is coming to terms with that a little bit as well. I think about it in terms of the differences between songs, not to compare them, but I think that Frank is more frustrated with himself. Tyler was more frustrated with the other person. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's definitely more, it's um, more Frank than it is about really this album is more about like Frank's shortcomings in relationships than anything else like his unfaithfulness his issues with being truthful in a relationship yes I, exactly one of the major themes on this album is maturity yes the beginning of the album is the la- a lack of maturity and we get that on both tracks that's why albums like this, they don't have a timeline. They don't have a timeline. Timeless music, period. Because it's he's literally self-assessing on this project. Yeah. Yeah. He's going from immature to mature, like on this project. And that stuff is dope. He grows. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I loved I love this track. I mean, the, the loop of the instrumental gets a little bit samey, but I think it's still amazing. So I don't really mind it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Even, even though it's repetitive. And there's not a ton of, dy- you know, there's not really a super dynamic instrumental. I still really, I find it super catchy. So yeah. this was a great track. Uh, Pink and White is the next track on the track listing. What do you think of Pink and White? Um, overall, like in terms of the sound, I really like that it was, you know, it was very soft, very delicate. Um, and I also like just uh, the fact that Pharrell like teamed up with him and he kind of captured the uh, emotions that he was feeling on here and just the overall like um, atmosphere of the track and Beyonce's additions towards the end. Like how you got Beyonce on a song and she don't even have a verse. You get ad libs. <laughs> she just gets some ad libs. But um, I think they all like um, added to the track. Pink and White wasn't one of my standout tracks either. Like per se, I feel like I'm not going to say, oh, you could drop this track. No, none of these tracks are getting dropped. <laughs> All these tracks are fire. But I feel like um, in terms of just the um, the sound of the project, it just remained in that pocket where it could be, you know, where everything can, you know, flow. Mm-hmm. I, I like the word you use, delicate. I think that's a phenomenal word to describe this song. And the really, I think it's one of the more beautiful song or beautifully crafted songs. Mm-hmm one that sounds a lot more heavenly um almost like he's coming to some kind of realization i I almost take took it as he has a lot of references to nature so i feel like he's almost suggesting that like he had to kind of become one with that to sort of like or one with nature to sort of like uh, maybe on better like understand himself um basically i felt like this song this song kind of showed that the pink and white kind of showed like a duality between how great things can be and then yet they always fall apart. They can fall apart in an, in, uh, in an instant. And we just have like no control over that. Like he kind of, he reiterates that a bunch of times that we just, you know, we have no control like over what happens to us. We only have control over like how we react to it and mm. more grounded, 
you know, literally like grounded to the earth, right? That's going to help him to sort of understand it and, and, and maybe not hold, either hold grudges or, you know, have any, you know, doubts or regrets on things that he's okay. done. Okay. That's kind of how I took it just a little bit. Mm, so he's kind of like surrendering. Like it's like the white flag almost. Like he's kind That's of like, yeah. all right, this is how things are. This is just how things I can't really like force anything, change anything up too much. I just kind of have to accept what's here for me. Right, exactly. Like you, and that, a lot of us have those issues in life, but sometimes we ask, you know, oh, why would this happen to us? Why? Mm-hmm. Like all the time when bad things happen to us. And, and you know, and, and we've all been there. You know what I mean, I, yeah. am, I am not a, a stranger to that. I'm sure you aren't either. But I think his point is like, we can control what we can control. We can control our reaction to things and how we react to them. Okay. Hold, you know, a negative thing in our, in our lives too much. It's, it's, it's toxic. You know what I mean? We mm-hmm. have to you know, take a day to be upset about it, but you know, you move on and, and yeah, you, you know, talk a lot about that through the album, but I'm, I'm with you. I think it's a nice sounding song when I think blonde, it's not the song I like go right back to immediately, but in the track listing, when I threw, when, you know, over the years when I've thrown on Blonde, just as as a as a as a kind of a just to go all the way through it, it's it's a track that I've always been fond of. Again, it's I'm not like over the moon about it, but I'm definitely fond of it. So okay. Uh, the next track is "Be Yourself," which is just kind of a skit. I think it's his mother. I want to say it's sorry, it sounds oh, yeah. Somebody's mother. Someone's mother. Yeah, someone's mother. I don't know if it's Frank's. I never kind of understood that. Uh, basically saying to, I, I like the sentiment at the beginning, like, you know, be yourself, but it gets a little bit repetitive. And then the person almost saying like, talking about how bad drugs are and stuff like that. Like, don't smoke weed. I mean, she must have said it a million times, like, stay away from marijuana, stay away from it, stay away from it. And I, but I, but then, you know, the first time through, it's a little bit, you know, why is this here? But then it makes total sense when you get to the next song solo. And I really want to hear your take oh, on yeah. this song. Yeah, so um I mean um Be Yourself was solid. Um I think it was how do you how do I say this? It was repetitive because it was a mother saying it. Right, right. And that's just how mothers are at the end of the day. Oh, of course. But um but another thing too, I think that song is um it's dope because in music that stuff is glorified and there are repercussions. So like artists kind of don't talk about the negativity the negative things that can potentially come with that but it is what it is but solo all right so first and foremost this man starts off with some acid so he's already tripping (laughs) he's already tripping and um i i feel like he's like on this quest for like freedom on here and he's on he's on this quest for freedom his mom's like just be yourself you don't have to be like inebriated to be free like you can be free and not be lit <laughs> you know what i mean but on this track especially on verse two he's he's like talking about custody and like like not wanting to he still isn't wanting to grow up almost mm-hmm. he's still in that immature state right. um yeah Time out. I want to find the verse where he's like, he on verse two. This man talks about. Let me see. Kiss my soul, bro. Even oh, he was like, and that mean cheap because ain't shit free, and I know it. Even love ain't 
because this nut cost that clinic killed my soul the way he talks about abortion that is unreal dude now that's some artistic way to talk about murder like <laughs> I, what do you think honestly bro this is one of my favorite songs from the album like a huge dude. Highlight, bro. like there's so much to even dissect here like I, the first three songs there's a good amount to dissect i mean i don't really count be yourself as a tip like a track obviously but you can you can dissect enough of the first three songs solo though i mean mm -hmm. it's it's really like for like it's it's trip i mean he's talking about like doing all these drugs having a good time like you mentioned right being innocent being young being kind of just you know young and dumb wanting to have fun mm -hmm. uh living for yourself kind of enjoying in the moment how i took this song is you know you have to find this balance between you know being like solo like along with like being you know having enough time for yourself and doing things for yourself but not being solo too long to the point where it gets you so low you know what i mean ah. You're so depressed that and, and isolated that you can't get out of that and it's funny like you know i feel like when i don't know about you but for me personally like i love my alone time like i am oh. that needs it and i thrive in it and i always come up with like my most creative moments oh yes both when i'm alone and when i'm reflecting i agree having said that though if i'm alone too long it actually is negative it might like then i start to get these negative thoughts and then these other things things kind of start to you know teeter on the side like i have to have some inter human interaction i have to do something else i can't be I have to, like isolated like that mm -hmm. like it at times you know what i mean but it's it's, it's not my whole life and he's really kind of, I think, depicting that, like finding the balance between the clarity that you can get with being alone. And then, you know, but that fine line between like that and then like, you know, when madness and depression can hit, like madness and depression are clarity's next door neighbor when you're talking about, yeah. and, and they both, you know, share, they share each other sugar. They both ask each other for sugar. Mm -hmm. Like they, they knock each other's door. Like that's how close it is. So you can, being alone is a good thing to a point, but if you isolate yourself way too much, you're you're at you're running yourself the risk. So, yeah, man, I love this track, dude. It's one of my like favorites. For, yeah, for yeah, this track is most definitely amazing. Um, I really, literally, just primarily focused on verse two, literally, because I thought that was the most dense verse in the project. I don't. I just like like you oh. said before. I just like the metaphors that he uses and all that stuff. But I agree with you. 100%. Yeah, like percent. He just has so much like great imagery. Like, yeah, and it, it like. When you're depressed and you're alone too long, you you skip showers, man. Like, I mean, I'm sure it'd be like that. It'd be like that, man. I mean, I don't know about you, bro, but there's definitely being three days spent. I didn't shower, you know. What I mean? Dude, I don't blame you. It happens for real. You're just so low. You just it just happens, man. You know, so low facts. So low. So, yeah. So, like I said, I just love the the hell on earth, city on fire, inhale in hell. There's heaven. Mm -hmm. you know I mean, like. It, that's even cool too like the the depiction of like you inhale like you know a drug or something like that to you know as a release almost like an escape but you think it's like a good thing at the time but then afterwards it's it's not you know i like how he does use that because you can inhale and go to heaven and be in like good mental state you can inhale and go to hell and just drown in your misery so right right so yeah, this is well, yeah one of my all-time favorite Frank songs on this, not just his album, but just in general. Okay. Yeah, personally for me. Um, Skyline 2. 
uh, is the next track in listing. And it's interesting because I've always, I guess just recently they claimed that for, uh, Kendrick Lamar is not on this track again. Cause I was, I was with you because uh, it was with the Beyonce thing, like just using the ad libs. I had heard when this came out that some of the ad libs are Frank are, uh, are Kendrick Lamar, but apparently that's been disputed. It's not actually Kendrick. Um, I've never loved this song, to be honest. I think it works well within the album, uh, especially after like his quote unquote, like night of debauchery that he just had in solo. Uh, the verses are definitely a bit strange for me, but I also love like the wavy adventurous synths that he uses, especially towards the end. I think they're super colorful. Uh, kind of reminds me of like waking up, like, like or, honestly reminds me of like I, when I close my eyes and listen to a song, I picture like being in the middle of the woods, like at the ass crack of dawn like super early in the morning, like everyone's waking up. That's what, that's what I get in my head. Yeah. Um, and I like, the, I like the aesthetic of it. Is it my favorite song on the album? No, but it definitely works within the listing for sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. No, I agree with you. Um, I, I just think overall it's a solid track, but it was just very confusing because he's like, he's just like having these random thoughts. It's interesting, but I just don't really know what, what he's trying to tell me on here. This is one of those tracks where I don't know what he's trying to say. Yeah, I've always struggled with this with this song. It, like, the delivery is very like uh, it, it's it, there's no like real rhyme or reason to it. It just almost feels like I don't know. He's like freestyling. There's no structure. Thank you. Yeah, there's he's no too. He's like too free on this track. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, like, honestly, like because of that, m the, the amount of freedom that there is with his like vocals and the way that he's, you know, saying what he's saying, singing what he's singing, I feel like it kind of just takes away from what the track is supposed to like, from like a concrete, maybe we're not even supposed to get anything from this track, honestly. Maybe we're not, but yeah, just when you were listening to it, he's like, um, some of the vocals are overlapping and I'm just like, what is, what are you trying to tell me right now, Frank? What is it? Are you confused? Are you in a state of confusion? Are you, what is it? Right. For what I, what I can gather from it, and I just might just be a shot in the dark, but it's like, because he, and then he does reference morning in the hook and it sounds like it's like someone waking up, like starting their day that like, it's very, it has a very fluttering feel to it, but it doesn't, it's a light feeling, but it doesn't feel happy to me. A lot of the times it still feels very, low and mellow yeah it, so it's almost like a. I i liken it to if, if if again it's just a guess but like his night you know that he just had quote unquote when solo like doing all these drugs and you know being depressed and whatnot like he's kind of waking up not refreshed or anything like that it's like he's kind of finally come back to earth and he's like yeah it, I, I no maybe he is talking about the drugs too but i think he's like having sex here could be that too. Cause he's like, he's like pretty fucking under the moonlight now, pretty fucking sunrise in sight. So clearly he's, he was doing his thing. He was getting sensual on here, but it's like, what are you doing? Are you on the drugs, bro? Or are you like being sensual? I don't get it. Is the, are these your thoughts when you're sensual? Like, what are you trying to tell me, Frank? Yeah. It, it's a confusing song. Not my, not my favorite. Uh, but the next song self-control I love the sample at the beginning. Again, he uses those high-pitched vocals mm -hmm. and utilizes them like better than obviously he does on Nikes, just in terms of like, like I guess I think I think he only used them on Nikes in that way to throw people off. And 
how he uses them on self-control is really cool because I think it it fits well with like the overall sound and the aesthetic. I love the you know way he kind of uses them back and forth in the you know in the beginning and then he uses them in the hook with the with the high pitched vocals and then he uses the electric guitars. Uh, even like on the hook, it adds some volume and range to the track. Uh, it's a vivid song. I think Frank's tempo is very melodic. And he's and this is like a very emotional song for him. Oh yeah, uh, you know, basically kind of saying that he lacks. I mean, basically the the you, I, you know, obviously you, you can break down a little bit more, but just you know, basically what I got from this is like him lacking self control around this person, and he, he's a little bit worried and unsure if they're as committed to him as uh, you know he is to them. It's almost like a reverse, uh, you know, how he was almost on on, uh, on Ivy. So I don't know. That, that was yeah. that was. That was my thought with the with self control, but yeah, on this track, um, I do agree with everything with everything that you said. And there's he's like dealing with some sort of like disconnect because he is he's in a relationship with somebody right now. But on verse one, he's like, "Wish I was there. Wish we'd grown up on the same advice, and our time was right." So clearly, when they were in whatever partnership they were in, they weren't really clicking. It was kind of like a instead of a. You know what I'm saying? They just weren't on that same mental state. Right. Um, but yeah, I just think it's just two people who are just in two completely different phases of their life and they just did not work out. Yeah, I got the sense too. But with this song though, I almost feel like Frank, it's almost like a, he wants what he can't have. Like he realizes, like I feel like on mm. the other songs where the, the relationship doesn't work, quote unquote, I almost feel like he is showing like, okay, yeah, this is either my doing something that I did, something that's in my psyche that I can't shake, or this was like my fault in some way, shape or form. This doesn't feel like it's his, like he's not saying it's his fault. He wants to be there. He's almost, you know, he's almost feel like in the hook, he's talking about how like he'll be low maintenance. Like he, like he promises. It's almost like he is if he's, you know, he act like he's not even there. Um, mm-hmm keep a place for me. I'll sleep between y'all. It's nothing. It's nothing. Like, just please keep a place for me. Like I, yeah. I so I don't know. I don't know. I, that, that's, Is he desperate? I don't know. Oh man. Frank, man, this man, make, he makes my brain hurt. Cause it's, it's so dense. It's a lot going on right now, but it's so complicated, but it <laughs> makes his music so amazing. You know, yes. So, and I, I love the out track of the, I mean, it's the outro on this track. I think mm-hmm. it's beautiful. Love the instrumental. So this is, this was a good track. I like this one a lot. Uh, definitely one of my, one of my better songs I liked so far. And then this song goes into Nights. So tell me, what did you, what did you think about Nights? Good guy or Nights? Nights. Oh, wait. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Nights. I'm sorry. Oh, good guy. Yes. Thank you. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, okay. uh, yeah. Um, good guy was solid. Um, it was just kind of just talking about like a meaningless encounter with somebody, like something that was going to lead to nowhere. Like he had like a lack of interest anyway. So, um, I mean, this person might be a good guy, but I'm just not interested really is what I think Frank is saying. <laughs> yeah, essentially. Yeah. So it was pretty, it was like a pretty simple track overall. Yeah, almost like served as like almost like an interlude in a sense. Yeah, pretty much. Like anything. But then it goes into Nights. And how'd you feel about Nights? Man, listen, man. Nights is my favorite Frank Ocean song of all time. Thank you. That is, that is my favorite Frank Ocean song of all time. 
I love it when Frank Ocean makes music like this. On Nostalgia Ultra, we got There Will Be Tears. On Channel Orange, we got Pyramids. I love music like this so dynamic. The music is just so dynamic. Absolutely. Uh, this guy, this guy is just a force, man. <laughs> I, every t- while I was reviewing the album and listening to the song again, I played it ten times. Like <laughs> that's how it is. That's really how it is. But I just love the instrumentation because it kind of just showcases like the ups and downs of a relationship. Because the beginning is relaxed, towards the middle it gets very intense, and you can hear how climactic the instrumentation gets. It gets more and more and more climactic, and then it kind of eases back down again to something that's a bit more manageable, you know? I love your breakdown of that. I think you're absolutely spot on. And, you know, I kind of said the same thing. Like, he, one of my favorites, of course, on the whole album, and maybe one of my favorites, Frank's Frank Ocean songs. Very, I actually never kind of thought of that. It, It does have a pyramids sound to it. Like especially ah, dude. so i totally see that and, and pyramids is one of my favorite frank ocean songs too I probably, probably solo pyramids and knights i think those are like some of my favorite favorite ones that i've had i've heard of, of him again those glossy keys are really nice pairing with the guitar very mm-hmm. he's very eccentric on this you know uh but still melodic at the same time and you know what just makes frank so amazing you're right like this is like a perfect showcase of it like his ability to not only make melodies that just sound flawless and true but his lyricism that he you know uses and utilizes like he just it's just so complex and so complex thinking man's album it really this is, is a thinking man's album right here and i and i like the just his uh delivery uh, at the beginning, because he's kind of like giving us this laid back kind of rap flow. Round it sounds so dope, yeah. And then things just kind of like halt, like abrupt, beat switch, boom. I know. And it gets like all, it gets really like, uh, not intergalactic per se, but it gets very like night, you hear the night, it feels like nighttime, like for yes. sure. Yes, yeah, that's what it is, that's what it is. You feel that it's literally nighttime when the beat switches the first time. That's wild. Like that's, just, the fir- that's the first time that thought came to my head. Yeah. That, like, like things just got real. You know what I mean? Yes. Like they, it's like a quick switch. Uh, it, it's actually weird because I was looking up some of these lyrics too and I realized that uh, I know he, he talked about uh, you know, him having, I guess he went to school. Some, some of the backstory on the last half of the song I guess he went to school in New Orleans around the time of Katrina and had to move. And then he moved in with this person in Texas. And it almost, again, it feels like to me, just from like an outside perspective, that it's him kind of realizing that he maybe was just dependent on this person. They were just kind of a flash in the pan. Um, You know, Mm. they really, they had a lot of highs and lows, but maybe the lows were, you know, or the highs didn't outweigh the lows potentially. Um, you know, maybe they just were somebody that was meant to be in his life for only like a, a season, not not a, not a lifetime. Yeah. So I don't know. And it almost seems like he's looking for like a reason to escape and get out of this now. Like it's all kind of come to him like too too fast. He's kind of like it gets real like real quick, and he's like, oh, like yeah. But when that first when the first um uh production switch happens, it sounds like just sonically, it sounds like he's really like infatuated. Cause yeah. it, it just sounds like he's so infatuated. Yeah, definitely, definitely an interesting song. I, in terms of topic, 
and sonically speaking just i mean unbelievable like oh yeah pyramids-esque like in, in that sense so huge fan of that one um i have a question for you though yeah have you ever been so low that you could see up the skirt of an ant <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so did I'm just not snap? You didn't get it at first. Ah, I was, I was, <laughs> Yo, hold on, hold on. The next song, solo reprise. Yep. Thousand. Everybody's like, I'm the solo. I can see how the score. Yo, the that that man Andre three, dude. <laughs> Snaps, dude. Yo, I need, I need an Andre three thousand album so bad. We need it so bad. I is so bad. Yo, actually, uh, I don't want to spoil too, too much because that, uh, that uh, guest speaker episode is coming soon. But Heath and I talked about that a ton on our, on our episode that's coming out with him soon. And he was saying the same thing. He's like, I feel like Andre was Jordan and Pippin. I mean, our big boy was Pippin. You know what I mean? And, and, and big boy is good on his own, right? But yeah. Jordan's really like, obviously, mm-hmm. there's no... Big boy's not quite what he should be without Andre. And, but Andre like refused, like it's almost when like, you know, Jordan went to go play baseball. It's like, all right, dude, just come back, please. And like, yeah. you know, he has a couple, a little bit like for a spurt of verses and things like that, but never for a full project. Never for a full project. And Heath was telling me a little bit about it. Uh, I don't get too much into it, but he was telling me that uh, he was saying, or Andre said in, in an interview that like, he's not really like, he doesn't love making music. He just knows he's like really good at it. And it's not like a, something he's like super, super passionate about, which I found interesting. Uh, and I never like realized it from that perspective, but he's just like, he's just like, Oh yeah, I, I'm just somebody that like, like that can make really good music, but I'm not super passionate about it. And he, when, until he gets inspiration, he's not going to come out with anything. So yeah, just kind of is what it is, but he, he gives, he gives Frank verses whenever he wants. Clearly. I mean, they're, they're good. And Andre talks about so much on this. I mean, I love his like his metaphors. Like like I said, the sk- seeing the skirt up an ant. I mean, mm-hmm. what an ant? How low you gotta be? Apparently, that low. Real low. Unreal. Uh, he's got no more high horses. Too tough to wear polo. Uh, <laughs> talking about how you know men want a real woman, yet they settle for a woman all the time that has work done, right? Like has fake features and all this and. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't, he claims he doesn't know what it's like from a woman's perspective. And he's like, he kind of even apologizes before he even says it. But he like, he comments honestly that like misogyny is like a direct result of women, like feeling essentially that they need to like doll themselves up or like get all this like work done or change their appearance to like be accepted by men or like being accepted in society, which I mean, that's a whole nother conversation. I, I, I see his point, but also kind of, you know, definitely want to play devil's advocate on that if we were like, get into that thing which i don't want to at, the, at this point but uh it, it's just interesting commentary smack dab yeah. in the middle I, th- I, don't, I don't think it has to do with with the man with the men though i think it has more to do with the women that's right that's exactly what he's he's kind of throwing it on them in, in a sense you know what I, I mean i can see why i can see why he's throwing it on them and also this this track this kind of like comes right back to um solo yeah, of course. Yeah. Because on solo, Frank was like, oh, his, um, the abortion and all this stuff. And then he was like, oh my goodness. No, I have to find this man. I got to find it. I have to find it. This oh, man was like, 
on verse two, he was like, now your baby mama ain't so vicious. All she want is her picket fence and you pro protest and you picket sign, but them courts won't side with you, won't let you fly solo. So it's like, it seems like on this, on, on solo, men are not taking responsibility, but right before he said that, he said, and that mean cheat, cause ain't shit free. I know it, even love ain't, cause this net cost that clinic killed my soul. But you gotta hit the pussy raw though. So it's like, as a man, it's not, it, it's not our fault. You know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, in order to really, you know, be one with a woman, it's on her. You got to allow her to be one with you. Right. You know what I'm yeah. saying? You, she's the one that's in charge of being, of being sensual with whatever man that she chooses. But then it's like, then you kind of put the responsibility on me if I don't even want to participate in the after, aftermath. And then on solo, he talks about that. And he's like, dude, like just from a completely different perspective, he's like, honestly, like you want something real from a man, but you're getting, you know, plastic surgery. You're not even real yourself, but you want something real. You're not even real, but you want realness. Absolutely. Oh, no. And like, I totally hear the sentiment, right? Like, I think, you know, I, I wouldn't say that, you know, um, I agree with you. Like, obviously it, it is up to women in a sense, right. And with what Andre's saying, but like I said, on the flip side, I think there's like a, definitely a, a, that's another side of that coin where, you know, men, I think need to be a little bit more accepting of women as well. I think there's like somewhere we have to meet in the middle, but he's absolutely right in bringing up the fact that, that what the specific line that, that you just quoted, like, the fact that they want something real, yet they do things that are fake to their bodies to try to get something real or to, just to be accepted within, you know, society's kind of what they, what they, what the outlook, what they think should be the outlook of them. So it's definitely an interesting duality, yeah. uh, especially and like, I, I agree with you too. Like, it's cool to kind of see Frank's perspective on it being a, is, is Frank bi or, or fully gay? I, never I think he's bi because he always talks about having sex with women and sometimes men. Sometimes men. So I, th I, I want to say he was, I don't want to like obviously misquote. I think, or like, I think he is. All right. Yeah. So, so it's interesting, like coming from a bi man's perspective and then coming from a straight man's perspective. So I thought that that was definitely interesting mm -hmm. uh, as well to kind of put in the, in, into the album. And Andre just is, is crazy. I mean, this is kind of a, just like a sporadic, you know, verse. I mean, it's, it's kind of just like a sporadic instrumental and he just, just rides it incredibly. Yeah. Like Andre and always does. Always. And then he, and then he mentions that um, he was like under the impression that people literally wrote their own lyrics and it hurt him because yeah. he's actually a lyricist. And this is when, you know, Drake and Meek Mill had their beef when Meek Mill exposed Drake. But you know, when you have a lot of popularity, people are not gonna side with you know the least popular guy, even if the truth is is out there. That was a very subtle jab that you know? that Andre made that nobody really talked about. No one think, caught that. You no, know, nobody talked about it, and I think it's because Andre is such a mogul, such a rap you know superstar, and and really probably you you could make the case he's on, like on the rap Rushmore, the Mount Rushmore. Of oh yes, he's that guy's top ten. That guy's top ten easily. Yeah. Easily. So not that Drake isn't either in his own right, potentially, or how, you can make a case for Drake, but like I, you're, yeah, he essentially kind of throws that low jab at, at Drake and not a lot of people talked. I feel like not a lot of people talked about it at the time. So I don't know for lack of a, you know, whether or not they wanted to, 
go toe to toe with somebody like Andre or, or, or no one wants to go toe to toe with that guy. <laughs> so I thought it was a really, uh, I remember hearing the album all the way through for the first time and like being so excited when I heard, mm-hmm. I was like, yes, we get another Andre verse on a frame. <laughs> go <laughs> for real. Then it goes into pretty sweet, uh, which I, I, I don't know if I fully understand this song. This is maybe the one that I, I always get the confused with the most. Like, I like the sound of it. It's like the, the, chil- the children choir is kind of nice of a nice touch. But I feel like these last two songs with, with solo reprise and then pretty sweet, the album kind of just almost takes like a detour in a sense. Like, I mean, it's like a nice change of pace, but I don't know if I fully understood pretty sweet. Again, not that it's anything bad about it. I don't know. What did you What did you think about this song? I think this song is like um, I remember, like t- at the beginning, the third track was it or the fourth where he had the the anger ta- the anger tantrum. I believe that was I. Was it Ivy? It was Ivy. Yeah. 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 On this track, he's literally doing the same thing again. He's literally relapsed. <laughs> he's literally yeah. getting very frustrated again. The song starts off with frustration. It's a chaotic song to begin with. And it has absolutely no structure. None. That's yeah. I think that's part of the why I don't understand it. So he's a know? free man again, and he's angry and all this stuff. But um, I feel like this time, this anger tantrum is what's going to be the beginning of that maturity that we experience towards the, the end of the album. So it's different in the sense of from the first one, is what you're saying? Yeah, like- because the first one was literally he was immature. It was an immature anger tantrum. This one is is more of okay, like he's he knows he's angry, but he's not being reactive. I, I like I like that analysis. I think it's that- more like proactive. He's more proactive with it because of his like. I like that. You know what I mean? I, do. I never thought of it that way because he has it at the beginning of the song. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. That's I never thought of it that way. That's just what, you know, that's just what it like, it means to me. But um, towards the end, I kind of just like the, um, the pace of the track. It's kind of uh, electrifying, honestly. But. Yeah, it's, it's a quality song. I just, yeah. and I, I never quite, now, now that you've given that context, honestly, I think it makes more sense to me. So this is why I like doing things like this, because it brings a different perspective to it. Because like I said, I was starting open, I didn't understand this track fully. And now maybe that makes a ton, a ton more sense. Maybe like, cause this really is kind of the pivotal moment in the album where mm-hmm. the sound, the lyricism, it all kind of shifts a bit. It gets very much more mature sounding. Uh, and then we get to a track like close to you uh, where, Oh no, excuse me. Am I missing something in the, in the beginning? Pretty, um, close to you. You're right. No Facebook story. Right. Which is in like another just interlude or kind of skit. Yeah. Um, it's an interlude. It's a skit that is that is a hundred percent what is going on in this day and age right now. Yeah. That issue that we deal with with like on the internet in real life, you know, like the the man that was speaking, like the girl did it was assumed that he was cheating because he didn't accept her friend request on Facebook. Like, honey, like first of all, I'm in a relationship with you. I'm not in a relationship with you and the internet. Like I'm with, he, he even said it himself. He's like, I'm with you in real life. That's all that matters. Right. I'm literally with you in real life. Like being with you on the internet doesn't really mean much. 
you know? Yeah, I, I hear you. Like, there are some people that are, like, adamant about, like, remember the whole thing, like, remember, like the, you're not official until you're Facebook official. Until you're Facebook official. Like, come on. <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. It is absolutely insane. But it's, you know, I, I see your point. Like, it even, and that was four, that was only four years ago, man. And, like, we're still here now. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? since then you know what i mean so it's it, that was that was definitely a a necessary interlude again it's like not one i come back to in the track listing just because it's doesn't i mean you hear it once and it, it it's fine it makes sense in, in the track listing uh but then it gets close to you which another song that's like a, kind of a short little run here like it's a fine song it's there's a nice simple 808 on it with some added synths and like even some washed out horns in the background and like washed out vocals from Frank. It's just a very trippy song overall. Uh, it really almost feels like a transformative song and definitely in the way of his voice because his voice sounds very, like it's got a very distorted uh, pitch on it, but it's not like super high. It almost just sounds like he's, I don't know, like, like I said, he's just kind of coming into his own. That's what it feels like to me. And then like yeah. the rest of the album is kind of like that finish of that maturity yeah. piece that we like finally found. Uh, that's just my, that's just my take on, on close to you, but again, not a highlight, but a, a good song and Francis and the lights. That's why I like the production on this a ton. Cause they always do good production. They did a lot of it on, uh, chances album. Okay. Uh, book. They did. They did oh, okay. Okay. Which I loved. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of how I felt about this one. Yeah. I thought it was a solid track overall, honestly. And I think it kind of, um, I feel like it should have been, I mean, I, I get the Facebook story, but Facebook story at that interlude was just, a, it was kind of weird. I feel like if Closer to You was behind Pretty Sweet, it would have made more sense because the way he layers his vocals, it kind of seems like, for me, he sounded a bit robotic. And for me, yeah. that also meant that he was kind of like numb to everything. You know what I'm saying? Everything that he went through. He's kind of like numb to it. And before you can, um, you know, make, make that full transition, there had, there's a space in between where you, sh- you shouldn't really feel anything yeah. before you head into your new phase or, or whatever. You got to clear your mind of the old and before you enter in with the new and that, ro- that robotic kind of delivery, that sound that he had on his vocals, just for me, it just meant that he was kind of like numb in a place to like really restart almost. Cool. No, I, that's funny you said that. So I feel like we both kind of saw it as a transformative track, but in like we had different viewpoints of like how it was that. So that's really yes. cool that we were able to kind of kind of come to the same endpoint, but from two different sides. That's yeah, cool. that's dope. Yeah, that was, that was, that was cool. That was, that's a dope track. And then it goes into White Ferrari, which is another one of my favorites on this album man i thought it sounded super bonnie vera james blake yep i felt that's what mm. I for the longest time dude I, I always had this fight with my brother mm. that i thought it was james blake at the end that last verse ah yeah the whole song. It, it sounds like james blake it sounds like james blake it's it, not though it's frank that's crazy yeah isn't yeah, so clearly he's he's literally rocking his influences on his sleeve. Yeah, yeah. Like this this song really had those kind of aesthetics, like for yeah. sure. A heartbreakingly emotional song, just about how Frank almost like uh, he kind of finally accept, like he almost accepts being honest, like finally, you know what I mean? He like wants to truly tell the person how he feels about them. Like he thinks you know 
they must be perfect for each other, but is still kind of having a hard time accepting his own flaws and like his ability to like fully, fully commit. Uh, and I think they're like the white Ferrari kind of, again, sort of almost a symbolization of like the purity, but also like innocence of the relationship. Mm. Where like the Ferrari is really like, you know, like a play, almost like a toy, right? It's a toy car. Yeah. It's not a car you would have if you were going to settle down with fam. True, true. And also white comes up again white purity white to surrender he's kind of surrendering the the um on the project he's kind of like looking down at himself he's kind of like ashamed he's kind of come to terms with himself in like not the worst way possible but in a way where it's like uh i kind of have to like come to my senses now you know what i mean and on every aspect of this track where white is is um in the in the album he's he's like kind of falling back and accepting mm-hmm. so yeah what does yeah. white ferrari mean to you to me personally yeah i, I kind of like i said I just took it as like this you know a sense of purity and almost okay uh innocence like like a duality on the two but like they're, they're a combination they're like a combo package but like the like it's it's frank trying to be more mature and settle down but like he doesn't want to let go of of like what he feels is the most enjoyable part of it right like just the the very newness i feel like i feel like frank's one of those people like he i get the sense from him that when he's in a relationship he he loves that honeymoon phase right he gets caught up in it and then i think once it's over he's kind of like oh crap like he yearns for that honeymoon phase feeling all of the time and that might be his biggest flaw in his in his relationships that's mm-hmm. kind of my perspective how Maybe. i but uh but and then like, and i think that even more like he says you know mind over matter is magic i do magic right like so mm-hmm. convince himself that he, this is like you know him him doing something a little bit more mature having a more mature and adult relationship it's a mind over matter thing, right? Like he has to convince himself to do it, to do this or else like it's, he's just never gonna, he's never, it's never gonna happen. And my man, this verse four, like I'm sure we're taller in another dimension. You say we're small and not worth the mention. You're tired of moving your body's aching. We could vacay, there's places to go. So it's almost like he's like trying to convince him like, let's just go on a vacation. Like that'll, that'll spice things up. Like that'll make the relationship Ah, uh, okay. Again. Clearly this isn't all that there is. Can't take what's been given, but we're so okay here. We're doing fine, right? Like you don't want to be like, when you ask like in a relationship, right? If you're saying like, oh, we're okay, we're fine. I mean, uh. does that that's not you're not excited about that relationship you know what i mean um primal and naked you dream of walls that hold us in prison so he like it's crazy like what this person his significant other or this person he's in a relationship with what they dream about is actually his prison which could be a fully committed relationship and then Uh, skull at least that's what they call it and then we're free to roam it's almost like once this dies wow that was good. I love this song. I don't know if you can tell, but no, I can tell. I can tell. You really like this one. No, I, that's that's good that you put it like that, especially towards the end. Your dream of walls that holds us in prison. I didn't think of. I didn't think he was talking about a relationship. Like they see the relationship in two different As, ways. Yeah. What this other person values about the relationship, Frank does not. He sees that out in the prison. Mm. Wow. This man is great. That's so 
deep. It's so complex. It's, it's amazing. And like I said, the aesthetic of the song, I mean, it's just, it's a gorgeous, gorgeous song, man. Uh, and then it goes from there, we go into Siegfried and this song, man, is another one just ugh, amazingly beautiful uh, in the instrumental. How did you feel about this track? Um, so overall, um, this whole time, I thought Frank Ocean was going to make this transition into maturity. And you know what? He never did it. Nope. Doesn't do he it. He never does it. Sonically a little bit. Sonically a little bit as a person. Nope. Doesn't nope. do it at all. And I think that's what always keeps me coming back to this album because even when I listen to it and I know what's going to happen, I always think that he's going to grow. And then I hear this song and there's no growth. And None. I'm like, all right, okay. It is what it is. Um, but it's, but it, um, overall though, I think that I finally come to terms with Blonde is just a breakup album. Yeah. Yeah. There's no, no real true growth there. It's just no. him. It's almost like he's just repeating himself again and yeah. again. He keeps making these same mistakes. And again, it seems like in this song, he's in another position where he has a chance, right? Because he says like, he kind of basically, I'm paraphrasing, but he struggles like how his, he struggles with wanting a normal one instead of one that is filled, built with on fame, but he's like not brave enough to take that chance. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. he, he's afraid that if he takes the chance, he'll never be able to go back to, you know, this life of fame. So like, he's just constantly struggling between the two. And he thinks that like, if he settles down with somebody and, you know, starts a family or whatever, that it's going to somehow in some way, like he won't grow from that. And he's just like, yeah, true. Yeah. This know. guy's like in a perpetual state of stagnation, honestly. Literally. Yeah. I mean, think about it though. Like, it, doesn't it make sense what we know about him? Like, he he hides after for, he drops an album. I mean, we, we haven't heard much from him. We had a couple of singles last year, but it's not like we've heard a full project from him at all. Like, he hasn't come out. Yeah. Really, he doesn't do interviews. Like, he's not somebody that's out and about like that. So I kind of like it though. I do too. I feel like that's where I can kind of relate to him because, like, just quick side note: no one really knows me out of YouTube. And like my close friends in real life, no one really like knows what I'm doing. No one really knows who I am. And that's how I, I like it. That's interesting. You know what I'm saying? The only time you'll, you'll see me is when I'm in my element, when I'm talking about music. But I don't know. I feel like that's where I can relate to him. And um, also Kendrick's the same. Yeah, they both are. They both are very similar in that sense. They're very, they, they have a, a mystery to the both of them or a, a mystique. I should say to both of them that I think adds to, you know, their overall persona and like their greatness really, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like we almost, and we almost see these two as godlike in a sense, but you know, they are still people at the end of the day. Yeah. It's true. Fighting like that, you know, and like, it's funny how you mentioned, like you just hope and pray like every time you listen to this album, like maybe this will be the time I'll listen to the album and I'll find something. <laughs> sound like he, he he grew in some way shape or form no nope. he just never really does you know i mean he just a lot of, never does there's like a lot of layers to this to this song in particular like the with the production the vocal changes it, it changes almost topically he talks a little bit about like his spirituality in, in uh in the song and um you know as as a whole though sonically it gives the album i'm with you like it doesn't topically give it a clear direction or a clear ending but i think sonically it kind of does and Maybe it's just him accepting that he'll never be who 
he wants to be or like who we ex- we might expect him to be. yeah exactly That's exactly yeah one. and he also talks about he'd rather be incarcerated or in hell than take this responsibility yeah which is so it's like we know where we know where his where we know where his head's at so it is what it is exactly. <laughs> you'd rather be incarcerated or in hell okay frank that is crazy a bit much but yeah I'll, I'll i'll try to buy it and then this album ends with uh, two songs. We have Godspeed and then Future, uh, Futura uh, Free. Godspeed, again, like the last couple of songs here, another low tempo, neo soul, 80s inspired keys that are eclectic. Uh, another just amazing Frank, you know, uh, vocal performance from Frank. He doesn't, I agree, he doesn't grow, but there's maybe a hint of it in this song, just a little bit. Like, he leaves, he seems like he's leaving his lover, but almost in a respectful manner this time. He still can't commit. He still can't be who anybody who's in a relationship with wants him to be. He still can't make that, that critical step. But at mm-hmm. least this time, he's ending the relationship in a way that's cordial. So maybe that's a step in the right direction. Who knows? I don't know. Uh, I like to think, I like to be on the optimistic side and think it is. But how much of a step is that really at the end? Yeah. Of the day? You know, is, is it because you're signing, you're, you're just, you're going through, even though if you're, you're ending it respectfully, you're going through the same cycle again. Same cycle. If, it's, it's like he didn't learn. Right. Right. But he learned how to handle it better potentially, but didn't learn yeah. how to like actually fix his own problems in, in he, relationships. You know? Yeah. Also, it's like, he is i feel like the the growth that he made on here was a spiritual growth it was more spiritual than anything yeah i think so um i i, I do like the fact that i do like the spiritual undertones of the track but I, and i do like the kind of gospel sound that it has yeah um, it's not it's not as overbearing as you know jesus is king even though i really love that album it's not as like overbearing though so mm-hmm. but yeah. It leaves it in a space where, you know, you kind of be left up for interpretation. Like, yes. is he really, you know, did he really grow or did he really, really get to where he wanted to be spiritual, spiritually? Mm-hmm. You could make the argument sonically, sometimes topically, you, you might not be able to. Um, so it's interesting to kind of see, you know, the both sides of that. And then um, Futura Free, in, weird way to end it i would actually honestly been fine if they ended it at godspeed i think that probably would have been a better ending it's it yeah the, like the first half is very like stream of consciousness and you know the last half is more structured but it almost feels like a freestyle i, I, I like actually like the back end of it a lot the first half i wasn't huge on again i would have been fine with this album just ending at godspeed personally. yeah definitely because he was just pretty much just uh talking about his accomplishments honestly yeah, it did. It felt out of place. Yeah, just a little bit. Like, what does that? What does this have to do with your emotions? What does this have to do with? With you know, the album. What we what the we just album. You and I just basically went through this complicated like, him trying to grasp it, and I don't know. I don't know. I don't really know what the point of it, of the song is personally. Like, this is one of one of those other songs where I, I get a little bit like. The, the 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 lines are I mean, the lines are always blurred with with him but like i feel like even more so with this it didn't i didn't leave it like a i like i said would have been better off with with godspeed as the end yeah that's you know that's okay it's uh, cool though 
Yeah. So as far as your favorite songs, if you were to pick three like standalone, standout tracks, which three would, from this album would you choose? Uh, I'm going to go Ivy, Nights, and Solo with Andre 3K. Nice. Nice. I like that. Uh, the only uh, one we have that's that's la- overlapped is Nights. I, I, I for sure, Nights all day long. Uh, Solo the Frank. Okay. Oh, one. Just because, I mean, like I said, I love Andre 3000 first. I mean, the song is amazing, trust me. But like if it's, if we're going for me personally, like song for song, like I feel like Solo as a, just a fleshed out song is just better. And then I, I'm a big white Ferrari guy, as you know. I mean, I broke down mm-hmm. the fourth verse. I've thought a lot about that verse over the yeah. years. It stuck with me for some weird reason. Those three songs are the ones that I always come back to the most but this is an album that when i come back to it i don't know about you i don't go to specific songs i listen to it mm-hmm. through i listen to it a lot i would yeah. say the last four years this has gotten a lot of spin for me uh, same yeah which a whole le- lot of spin yeah yeah absolutely which leads to my final question regarding this frank ocean conversation channel orange or blonde You know, I'm I'm gonna have to go blonde. I'm gonna go blonde because Channel Orange has a lot of memorable songs. I feel like in terms of the the overall, the overarching themes on here, there were just too many. I feel okay. like on Channel Orange though, his performances, his vocal performances were much better. On Blonde, this was a more emotional, like, body of work. You know, I feel like he was a better singer on Channel Orange. I, f- I feel like I could feel him on Blonde. I feel like sonically, he was much better on Channel Orange. I feel like it was a little bit more raw and, like, um, how do I say this? Raw, and I feel like it was, like, you could really see his talent on this project. In terms of just bare bones as an artist, just as an artist, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's, I, I like I like that the way you kind of uh, conceptualize that and, and justify that. I I flip flop, man. I ask ask me tomorrow. I might have a different opinion. I, I feel you. I historically speaking probably would go with channel orange just because i think overall again it, it's it's like i mean it's that close and like there's been moments where i've i've definitely thought blonde was was better mm, i don't know man you know what i i agree with you man like i think the cohesion of blonde as an album much much better much better i you know all right so i'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna go with you there i know this might seem like i'm hedging my bets or like i'm not really answering my own <laughs> I think as a cohesive full project minus like future uh, free, I yeah. think I think Blonde is better in that sense as a concept, and it's so deep. Like yes, oh, the the depth he goes to is insane, and you could like you could listen to that album hundreds of times and still never quite understand what he's gonna say. And he'll and we might never know because he'll never get on and talk about it ever. So that is good but i agree that i think channel orange might have had better songs like that usually happens that usually happens with artists Mm. like like schoolboy q's best album is probably blank face but everyone probably likes oxymoron more because it has better songs 
you know what? I, that's actually, I actually agree with you fully on that. You know, like, like how many hits did were on oxymoron? Hit know? after hit, at banger after banger. Collard greens, man of the year. Like you could go on and on and on. I, with blank face, I actually agree with you. It's interesting that people, people don't like that album that much. And I'm like, it's literally his to pimp a butterfly. Like blonde is, is yeah. Frank's to pimp a butterfly. It's, it's lit. But for some reason, these things just go over people's head. If it's not sonically appealing. I don't know. I the blank face, dude. I thought it was so, so sonically appealing. I personally, I, I thought he absolutely just, he bodied it. it. He bodied it, bro. So many good songs. And as, as a cohesive, you know, feeling for sure. And yeah, I definitely feel the same way about Frank, you know, with blonde. So yeah, I, it's hard. It's hard. I, I mean, obviously in a perfect world, you know, well, this world, <laughs> we don't have to choose. We can have both. Yeah. But there's that, I think that's going to be a debate for a long time. Like blonder. Mm-hmm. I've even seen it on Instagram. I've even partaken in some where like, I was like, listen, like I see you channel orange people. I see your point, but I don't know. I, I flip flop. Yeah. flip flop with it. But. Also, it's like, um, we, we can't forget about the two in-between albums because he dropped Nostalgia Ultra. Nostalgia Ultra was a phenomenal mixtape, but it was like the days before Rodeo and then Rodeo. That's uh, Endless, days before Rodeo, and then Blonde. It was like a stepping stone into like a new level of artistry for him. Right. So, so exactly. it's like... <laughs> Uh, I, I'm, I'm gonna have to go blonde. It's just too cohesive. It's, it's very conceptual. There's a lot of meaning there. Yeah, you know, I think so but, too. Yeah, and it's really we get a lot of like we dive into his psyche. You know what I mean? Exactly. More so that we get we get it with 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 that album. Um, yeah, man. So I'm excited to see what I mean. I, I really would love a Frank Ocean project soon. I mean, he I better know. drop this year, man. He better drop. It's it's been four years. It's been four years. He's if a four-year guy. We we get a Frank and a Kendrick album this year. I think 2020 could poss- possibly be a little salvage, just a little bit. If we get both of both those guys to drop albums, yeah, we've been getting a whole lot of shenanigans this year. Seriously, <laughs> we Seriously. Deserve, definitely deserve it for real. Oh, Otis, yeah. thank you so much, bro. This was a great conversation. I've always wanted to talk about this album, so and I'm so glad we were actually able to break it down and talk about it. Yes. And, to you know just gets this point so what's next bro what are, what are, what are we thinking we had a lot of ideas we'd thrown a lot of ideas out there we had said we had said tyler the creator cherry bomb we had said saint leor uh if my sins could talk sins we, could had, talk. we had said uh g herbo ptsd potentially we had a lot of a lot of things on the list um for our fourth one, we should pick it, but I all I think we should come up with like a couple, like a little list, and maybe have like have a poll, poll, have the viewers decide. Which yes, one should... so. I think that I I would honestly I would love to go with Cherry Bomb because it's so polarizing and it's so deep, it's so deep, and, and the subject matter that he touches on is so like, it's kind of disgusting and things that you think about on your own time, but he put it onto an album. And I want to talk about it. You know what I'm saying? I would like to talk about it, but if not, then it's all good. It's all good. It's all good. Harry Bomb it is. I, I think that's, that would be an awesome one because I, I, I definitely would have a lot to say about it, but also I haven't revisited that album in a while. So it'd be interesting to see how I feel about it now. 
because I did feel a certain way about it. I won't, I'll, I'll save it for, for when we do do it uh, next, but I felt a certain way about it when I first heard it. And now uh, it would be interesting to see like me going back, like how I feel about it now. So yes, what I recommend, what I would recommend though, um, he dropped another, another version of the project where he put the instrumentals, the instrumentals first and then the album. I recommend you listen to that, to that okay. version of it. All right. Instrumentals first and then listen to the album. Cause that album is, I think it's I think it's really good because it was his transition into maturity. And the ta- and the subject matter that he tackled on there was oh, man, he this is just good stuff, man. I think it's a really good album, but let's do it. Cherry Bomb, Tyler the Creator is next. And then yeah, then we think we'll come up with a few uh albums, uh maybe like three or three or so, and uh, we'll we'll let the people decide for the fifth yes. one. That would be a fun thing so but that was our breakdown of frank ocean's blonde like we said we have uh, tyler the creator's cherry bomb next we will review that very soon that'll be our next one and yeah like i said go back and listen to our reviews of man on the moon kid cuddy and uh jesus is king kanye west and yeah odin's again thank you so much for being here man i love doing these reviews with you it's it's awesome to sit down and really break down these albums and in this way so thank you again so much thank you for having me oh of course any anytime bro anytime so uh i'm mike with the turntable teachers this was odin's thank you so much for joining us make sure you follow us both on instagram and on youtube we will definitely link both of those in the description so make sure you go check out all the other solo content that we do you know uh, separately and then of course obviously like i said all of our collaborations with uh, each other so thank you again for everybody for tuning in i am mike and class is dismissed Turn to the